Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. Today, we hear from our senior pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, those are words that we need to hear every day. We need to be reminded. Not because you are away from us or you are hidden from us. But Lord, I think we just need to be reminded for ourselves that you are always there. Your love and your peace and your presence guide us and leads us. So Lord, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So last week we started a series on the invitations from Jesus because because wherever you are, whoever you are, Jesus gives us an invitation. Last week we talked about his first invitation to come and follow him. It's the invitation that the disciples answered one by one and, and, and then they went out and invited others to come and be a part of the way of Jesus. So we are continuing in this series. And, and while we talked about the invitation to come and follow Jesus last week, in the next three weeks we are going to look at the invitations that Jesus gives us in order to live out that first invitation to come and follow Jesus. Today we are going to talk about the invitation we have through prayer. I know it seems like we talk about prayer a lot, but prayer is so important. Prayer, prayer is what holds us together. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in a second. But then we'll talk about the invitation that we have of friendship with Jesus. And then the last invitation that we will talk about is that the invitation that Jesus gives us for forgiveness. How, how we don't live our our lives the same way because Christ has forgiven us. Christ has made us whole. Christ has given us all. And then in turn, we return all to him. All of these gifts, all of these invitations, Jesus gives to us freely. And and we continue to, to live in those gifts so that we can fully live within the kingdom of God. Our scripture for today comes from one of the most, or actually the most important pieces of teachings that we receive from Jesus called the Sermon on the Mount. Now, the Sermon on the Mount, you know, this is not a, a sermon about the Sermon on the Mount, but it's important for us to remember exactly what the Sermon of the Mount is about. The Sermon on the Mount is not about a list of do's and don'ts or, or how to fully be the perfect Christian. But really, the entire Sermon on the Mount is an invitation within itself. It's an invitation that we receive when we go through those three chapters in Matthew to to listen and to hear what it fully means to live within the kingdom of God. 
just a little side note, the uh, class that I'll be teaching on Wednesdays during jam, it, that's what it's about. It's about the Sermon on the Mount. How can we have that life and live in that life abundantly in and through Jesus? But, but, but towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus comes to this portion about prayer. And I think it's important for us to take a look at this portion and see it as Christ inviting us to, to be in relationship with him. So I want you to listen to our scripture. And I added a couple of more verses. So this is uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. I invite you to follow along in your Bibles or you can follow along with the words that we have printed on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. Jesus says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks find, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So when I take a look at this passage, it, it helps me to see it's really all about how we receive the gifts that God has given us. But before we, we take a look at this act of prayer, I think it's um, important to understand that, that when we lift up our prayers to God, God listens and God answers those prayers for us. Now, sometimes those prayers are answered in ways that, that we don't fully understand or, or we don't fully comprehend, but it takes a while for us to, to, to see how God has moved and answered those prayers in our lives. But every single prayer that God answers is a good answer. It is a loving answer. It is a caring answer. And, and we know that and we understand that, but just by looking at verses 10 and 11... Jesus gives two different examples, and I love how theologian William Barclay explains these two things. First, he talks about giving stones for bread. None of us here, if our kids were to ask for a piece of bread, would go and, and give them a stone to eat. We know that's highly impossible, but, but Jesus is using this example because of the, the area that he is in. As he's looking over the Sea of Galilee, along the shorelines, there are a bunch of rocks that, that are small, and they do look like little loaves of bread. And, and kind of tongue-in-cheek-wise, he's looking, look, would you go down to the Sea of Galilee and say, hey, look, here, here's, here's a... A, a stone for you. So eat that and see what happens. Reminds me of a recent TikTok trend that I've seen. Yes, and I probably spend more time on TikTok than I should, but it, it's a trend where a parent uh, invites a little kid to help them make something. A, and as the little kid is, is standing there by the mom or the dad, 
and the mom has an egg in her hand and said, okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to crack this egg. And the kid is all wide-eyed and, and so excited. And the thing that the mom does, she takes it and she smacks the egg against the kid's forehead and dumps the egg into the bowl. Now, now, now we laugh at that, but, but we wonder, is this a way that Jesus might use this today? How many of us would take our child and tell them that we're going to make a nice cake and then crack eggs on their forehead so that they look at us in bewilderment and wonder, does my parent really love me or am I just a joke to them to film and put on social media? The second thing that Jesus talks about is talking about Make giving of a child ask for a fish, they, they give him a snake. Now, the, the actual word that is used here in the Greek isn't a snake or, or a serpent, but it talks about an eel. Eels are very prevalent along the Sea of Galilee. As a matter of fact, there's about 25 different species of eel, but the problem is that when we look at Leviticus chapter 11, 12, eels were not considered clean animals to eat. So, so what Jesus is saying here, would you, when a child is asking for something clean to eat, something that will give them nourishment, go ahead and give them something that is considered unclean, something that they shouldn't eat as well. W would you do that to your child? I can imagine as Jesus is giving these examples to the crowd, just as I've seen you all, whenever I've mentioned them, you're going, oh, there's no way in the world we'll do that. There's no way in the world that we would be cruel to our children and, and, and do something that would not give them nourishment and not give them wholeness or, or make them unclean. There is no way in the world we would do that to our children. And then Jesus gives us that line. Just think about that. If you won't do that, just think about what your heavenly Father will do for you when you ask, when you come to him, when you open your arms to receive what he has. You know that, that God is going to give you far greater, far more wonderful, far better things than you could even give to your children. I have a uh, spiritual director that I see every month. Uh, it's something that I started a few years ago, and, and we were talking just this last week. And, uh, and Matt was asking me questions about how things were going, and, and I was giving him an honest assessment of everything. And, and he was looking at me as I was talking about how I felt you know, God, God was moving in a way in the midst of our church, in the midst of our community, that was just it was beautiful. And, and I can see that and I can feel that. And he said, Chris, if you could paint a picture of, of what it means for what, what, what God's giving to you, what would it be? And I know we all go through different seasons, and I know there, there are seasons where if he were to ask that question, I would say there's absolutely nothing. It's like a barren wasteland. But, but, but for this one, I said, you know, I don't think I would be able to see myself in that picture. And he kind of looked at me and said, well, why do you mean that? I said, I think 
you know, this way that God is providing and the way things are right now, the picture is so full of God's love, God's grace, and God's mercy that I am covered. And, and all I see, and maybe this is the point to our prayer, that when we go to God in prayer, what we should do is that we should be able to see God more than we see ourselves. See, for me, one of the problems when we come to this ask, seek, and knock passage is that I want to so quickly and so easily focus on the answers. I, I want to get to the answers without doing all of the work that leads up to the answers. If you're like me, what I hear Jesus saying is, it will be given to you. You will find it. It will be open to you. We, we hear those invitations as we have already received it. We, we, we say that, well, we, we better just, we better have earned it. We, we've done all this stuff. It should be us. But James 4, 3 reminds us that we must be careful what we ask for in prayer. Because sometimes a lot of the prayers that we pray are focused more on those answers instead of the process of asking for those things. In other words, we, we are so focused on, on what it is that we are able to get through prayer instead of really understanding and receiving the process of that praying, that praying. So, so, so what is that process? Well, well, first, Jesus gives us the process. First, we ask. When we hold on the scriptures, we know that as Jesus taught about prayer in Matthew 6, 7, and 8, don't babble like the pagans did before because your father already knows what you need. What Jesus is saying, just come out and say it. I know what you need. I know what it is that you are asking for. Don't, don't him and haw around it. Don't, don't try to make it all flowery and speech and stuff. Just come out and let me know what it is that you want. I know one of the things that really harms relationships especially marital relationships, is that there is a lack of communication. I see that with my marriage with Tracy. I tell you, when, when, when conversations are good and we're talking and everything is great, things run smoothly. A and there is like this feeling of, of things are so connected and so well thought out and listened to, but, but when our communication fails, which unfortunately it, it has, we notice that we start missing things. We're, we're, we're not connecting. We, we, we ask the same questions over and over and over again because we have failed to listen ourselves and we have failed to be clear in the way that we are asking. That's the same way with God. I think prayer is something that we take so easily for granted that, that we just lift up prayers when we think uh, things, we absolutely need things, and when the life is, is going smooth and everything is great, we, we kind of put our prayer life aside because, well, why do we need God if we can take care of things ourselves? 
But the fact of the matter is, when, when God is asking us to ask, when God is giving us this way to be in communication with him, he is saying, I want to know you. I want to know your heart. I want you to know that you can come to me with anything and everything you want, but you just have to ask. You just have to make yourself be open to, to whom I am so that we can begin this relationship and then I can then pour into your life. The second thing that Jesus reminds us is that we must seek. How many times do we ask God for something and then we just leave it right there? We know that if we just ask God, everything will be taken care of. But no, I think when we are asking God, it opens up the opportunity for us to go out and see what it is that God may have already provided for us. There's a new translation of the Bible called uh, the Second Testament by Scott McKnight. And I was looking through this translation. He took the actual Greek and he kind of retranslated uh, the p scriptures and and I love the way that he talks about this passage and a passage that I'm going to mention next I mean, he instead of the word seek he uses the word pursue what does it look like when we pursue something what is it when we are really trying to make sure that we are understanding what it is that God is doing it's giving us a, a different flavor to the passage when we understand that, that we aren't just seeking, we aren't just looking around for the answers, but we are actually moving forward and trying to understand and see what it is that God has for us. Earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says in Matthew 6, 23, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And Scott McKnight, instead of that seek, he uses that word pursue. We are to pursue the kingdom of God and, and all of his righteousness and everything will be added unto us when we seek God's kingdom. See, sometimes I think when we go to God in prayer, it's so easy to try to seek and to find out what it is that we want. But what God is calling us to do is to fully understand and discuss with him what it is that we are looking for in God's kingdom. And that's why the Sermon on the Mount is so revolutionary. If you take a look at it as living in God's kingdom, it is seeking how can I live my life in a way that is fully in the kingdom of God. Finally, we are then told to knock. Knocking, I think, is the scariest part of prayer. Knocking says that I am going to step out in faith knowing that because I have asked, knowing that because God has given me good and gracious gifts, that I am going to step out in faith and I am going to reach out and say that God is going to answer my prayer to live in his kingdom. And I will receive those gifts that he has given me through the eyes of faith and knowing that God will hear my prayers. Knocking is a scary thing to do, isn't it? When you walk up to a house 
and you don't know exactly what's on the other side of the door and, and you knock on the door, when you are, are trying to, to, to maybe pull things together, when we knock, we are saying that my attention is going to be on God's promises, on God's gift, and I will fully live in that kingdom. I think the last thing to remember about this particular passage and the invitation that God has given us is that God has given us a full body experience in order to seek the kingdom of God. God has given us a full body experience in order to, to lift our prayers to God. Asking, that's verbal. When we ask God in prayer, sometimes we ask in our minds, but I think sometimes it's very important that we must speak our prayers so that we can hear them spoken in our lives. The second thing is that when we seek, we, we are looking, or when we are pursuing, you can't pursue with your eyes closed. You must have your eyes open and aware with what is going on around you because I fully believe that God answers prayers and those around us. God answers prayers in those moments where we are aware of what is happening in our lives, and God answers prayers when we are fully looking at God for the answer. The last thing is that knocking is a physical action. It reminds us that, that we use our full, whole bodies into hearing what God is wanting us to do. That's why one of the most devastating things that I hear in our world today is that we're trying to separate the sacredness of our body from the sacredness of our souls. And we say these bodies that we have, they don't really mean anything, so we can do whatever we want to our bodies as long as we have a sharp and strong mind. But no, God gave us both body and soul, the way that he created us, the way that he gave us, so that we can live as a full embodiment of God's love and mercy. So the invitation is to ask, to seek, and to knock, to use all that God has given us so that we may fully live in God's kingdom and hear his call in our lives to be a follower, an apprentice, a disciple of Jesus our Lord. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you that your invitation isn't just one to blindly follow you. But the invitation that you have given us is one for us to use all that you have given us. To ask with our voices, to seek with our eyes and to knock and fully move into your kingdom. We know that when we knock, you will open the doors for us. And you will give us a peace that passes all understanding. Help us, Lord, to fully embody in these invitations so that we may share your love with others. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.